Okay, good evening, uh, good morning, good afternoon. Uh, welcome to Biblioscapes. This is uh, my very first discussion with a photographer. And today I am delighted to be joined by Darren Rose, who is my number one guinea pig. Uh, Darren, who is a photographer from Bedfordshire, largely shoots in film. Um, and earlier on in the summer, he produced another fine book, Arden Martin Echoes. Uh, welcome, Darren. Hello, Ewan. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome, and uh, thank you for participating. So um, before we get discussing about the book, if you'd want to maybe give a bit of a background introduction to yourself. Uh, yeah, sure. So um, like I said, a photographer currently based in Bedfordshire, um, mainly shoot film and, and digital too. Um, but, you know, film has been a big part of what, what I do. It's certainly sort of been shaping my photography over the last sort of couple of years. Uh, as I've sort of experimented with things really, pinhole, holgers, um, as well as some of the sort of medium format stuff, dabbled in a little bit of large format. Um, but that was just a little bit too hard, I'll be perfectly honest. It was too much <laughs> hard work. Um, but I've got a little dark room set up in my garage as well. So kind of really trying to kind of push my work towards kind of the print is kind of yeah. a big part of kind of what I've been focusing on. Yeah. Um, and obviously film is a big part of kind of reaching that that kind yeah. of phase really for me about printing uh, and it's been good to get back in the dark room again um so create some new art I learned how to print yeah and i learned how to print when i was at uni so i did a fine art degree at uni okay yeah. um and part of that was focusing on photography and it, we could then use photography as much as we needed to to support our main work uh, and it just became kind of a key part of actually just what i was doing at uni yeah um and then actually when i left uni i actually worked at sixth form college locally teaching darkroom Okay, and, right. Um, yeah, and the digital darkroom as well. So it's kind of early Photoshop stuff, but the main thing I was there to do was help in the darkroom. So good. that was overseeing sort of 16 to, 16 to 18 year olds learn how to do traditional printing. Yeah. Uh, which was good fun. Um, yeah. But uh, I couldn't stay living at home forever. So um, kind of photography yeah. kind of took a bit of a back seat for me as I kind of moved into sort of normal work, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Um, and then about six years ago i kind of started to pick up a camera again yeah. and then it's just evolved from there really yeah really so yeah yeah so talking a little bit about your book obviously it's a uh, primarily shot in fact all shot up on uh, the american peninsula uh, yeah. in scotland where you were i think earlier on this year because in fact we uh, caught up for a quick pint when, we did. You were, yeah. when you were on route so um yeah so don't know if you want to talk us a bit about the book obviously for those who don't have it i think there are still some copies left on darren's website um, yeah but obviously i've i've had a good look through it. i i really like the the variety of work obviously you've shot this all within the space of space of the workshop over the week yeah, um, yeah. i think i think you were well equipped with a lot of film to uh, to make sure to make sure that you didn't run out over the course of course of the week and it's, it's really just to get a bit of a background and a bit of an insight into you, your thought process and 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 how you saw the project developing because i'm assuming that the project for the book actually developed as a result of the work or did you go to Arden Martin with the intention of shooting enough to produce something that uh, that you could you could produce you could print afterwards yeah so um i think so it's a five uh, five day workshop up in Ardnamurkin with Rob Knight yeah. um and two other fellow photographers um and i always knew that i wanted to come back with something 
for being away for the week. You know, yes. I felt like yeah. I had to um, not necessarily justify it, but I didn't just want to go take a few nice pictures and come home and then put them on social media and, and that was it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And whether that was going to be, you know, working on some darkroom prints or whatever it might be, I just wanted there to be some kind of result that was just more than just sticking a few images on my website. Yeah, and more, more of a body of work. Yeah, although I had no idea what that was going to look like. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the first the first few days, you know, coming from Bedfordshire and then ending up on the peninsula, <laughs> uh, the landscapes are very different. And and yeah. I'll be honest, the first you know the first the first day or two, it was just I didn't really know I was I was just taking pictures. Yeah. You know, um, trying to work out what I was taking pictures of. Um, I was shooting a mixture of film on the Hasselblad. Yeah. I also had the Fuji X Pro Three um for sort of which was actually more just more of a sketchbook camera to start with almost because it yeah very quick very flexible small just put it in the bag and just kind of take ideas um and some of the early work was actually using the multiple exposure feature within the x-pro3 which didn't actually then make it to the book yeah but what um how the project kind of evolved over the week though is really through working with the other people on the course and Rob. yes yeah um that image review at the end of each night that we were doing and just having um you know no other distraction other than photography yeah so you know there was nothing else going on having that kind of um space where you can bounce ideas of people soon began to kind of generate some ideas that i was interested in thinking okay there might be something here yeah, and then you can you can then develop over the course of the, the rest of the week yeah and there was um one day i think it was the wednesday so we were leaving on the Friday or the Saturday morning so it was Wednesday I think we had a uh, sort of a rained off day so we all um, printed loads of images out that had already started and we had a sequencing day yeah so I sat in the big dining room table in the cottage that we had and we we're all kind of presenting our ideas and our thoughts but actually collaboratively seeing how other people saw your images yeah was really interesting and triggered off some some thought process that I hadn't even thought about yeah and it was it was that sequencing day that really kind of I started to see something coming together yeah. and what that then allowed me to do was for the next two days I was shooting with more intent because I had some ideas that I wanted to explore yeah and that really helped definitely yeah I, th I think sequencing is a, a very interesting part I participated in uh, Rob's online workshop for sequencing and yeah. I think when you have other people who are looking at your work and reviewing the work they they take a different they can take a different approach because they don't have any emotional connection to them so to the works they begin to yeah. see they begin to see how groups of images uh, are coherent together and work well together where you you see them for something very very different they are they're perhaps looking at just the raw image of what they've seen without without yeah. the story behind it um, and as you say it's like you can very quickly begin to see well in fact if you've got a group of six or ten images which ones begin to work together well that then as you say help you focus on well, in fact, here's here's patterns of work that are maybe working well, or here's themes that are working well that allow you to then develop those ideas over over the rest of your over the rest of your time there. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the, the guys that we were with as well, they're all they're all photographers that I admire and respect too. So, yeah, um, you know, kind of getting their feedback and kind of their input into it was was really helpful. And obviously, Rob, you know, is a really good facilitator as well. Yes, uh, he knows his stuff, but he is a very good just you know facilitator and get those conversations moving kind of just giving you prompts to think in a different way and that all definitely helped in terms of thinking about how this body of work was going to sort of come together yeah. um and the name actually came to me quite late on 
um, actually came to me when I was at my bike, which I find right. sometimes quite a good time to, to kind of clear the head. Yeah. Um, but what was interesting was when we were in Northern America and when we were up there, the, the COVID was, it was all kind of breaking in starting off. The lockdown was imminent. So um, when we came back, we actually more or less went straight into lockdown. So I never went back to work from my trip to Ardenmerken right. for nearly five months. Yeah. Um, and also what happened was I reduced my hours at work and having that extra day actually allowed me to focus and think about getting this body of work together. Yeah. Um, and if, and to, in all honesty, if the, if the pandemic hadn't happened and we'd been locked down, I probably still wouldn't have actually got the book out yet. Yeah. Um, because it actually just gave me some time to think about the work go back through the sequencing and then you know kind of actually just focus on it having that extra day made a massive difference yeah yeah because looking through the, looking through the book the variety of uh, of subject matters from from obviously a lot of coastal work as well and yeah. um, just the nature of it but uh, a lot of beautiful abstract uh, some beautiful shots in the dunes and some night photography as well um are there any particular images that you uh, you would consider favourites among them, or that you're you're particularly pleased with? Well, I think um, so. There's a couple of images, but for different reasons. So the the front the image on the front cover actually um, was almost a bit of a catalyst because the the patterns there are it's just in the sand. Yes. But obviously, I'm trying to um, do some equivalencies in terms of is it mountains or is it the sand and just and that's that's quite a key theme throughout the book actually is yeah. using you know the small to emulate the large and and yes. like and, and try and sort of play with that so that that kind of first image became quite a key image in the theme for the book yes okay yeah um so that was that was quite an important image um the the one astro shot as well which was actually taken out of the the back of the cottage one night with um the milky way kind of there and yeah um on a on a more personal level that's something i've never done um so it was quite i was quite pleased to get that in because i did want to do some shooting at night yeah. um prior to this i'd actually been although this was shot on digital in the end um i had been doing a lot of work in the evening to try and refine my shooting at night on film to kind right. of practice and kind of work out you know being a big fan of some of the kenner's night work yes um you know kind of work out actually how do i expose for film at night and all that kind of thing so although i did um take a few images at night it was the it ended up being the digital shot that, that actually made it because i was able to capture what i needed yes the book yeah um so that was you know that was kind of quite nice because i've been practicing and thinking about doing some night work knowing that you know within Arden and there was going to be like no light pollution i'm going to have a good In, clear sky yeah. um there'll you know, be, again, there'll be opportunities what i can do here yeah. yes yeah so so that was again kind of quite an important image for me and then i think one of the um the kind of the key sequences um there's a one image which is uh six small images put together um so it's that one if you that's the one yes and again that's for me became important because it's a constructed landscape you know so it's the actual bottom half is actually the inside of a, a rather large cliff face um, that's been turned upside down. And then the top half, which looks like a mountain range, is actually the macro end of that, which was just the edge of some black rocks in some sand. Yes. Um, okay. And, you know, and using those different elements to reconstruct a, a rugged and wild landscape, but completely flipped around. Yeah. Um, and, and again, that kind of became a key theme throughout, throughout the book and kind of the way I was working. 
and it just you know it kind of emulates kind of what I was trying to achieve um, and I think there's although it's not a single image there's there's a sequence that I quite like um, and because sequencing became such an important part of putting the book together yeah um, it's the it does involve the astro shop it's the scene it's the page before which is a wide pano shot which is actually shot in a pinhole um, and what looks like a small kind of mountain in the sand on the sort of right hand side of the page yes. yep. you know from a sequencing point of view that then takes us nicely into the mountain of the the astro and then essentially what looks like an astro sort of um, mountain line is just sand again yes. um, so again there's always that play around scale um, that became really important I think in terms of structuring the book and the sequence yeah very good so you went down moving on to talking about the actual uh, publication and or the publishing and the production route. you went down the self-published route yeah um, and you you've produced a, a beautiful beautiful zine so it's uh, obviously I think in lockdown there has been quite an increase in a number of people who have been self-publishing yeah. um, lockdown projects and obviously projects like yourself as well so um i think it'd be in, i think quite interesting just to understand did you collaborate with anyone or or did you do the design yourself um and just a bit more behind your reasonings for going down the, the published the self-published route as opposed to maybe exploring say a handmade book for argument's sake as an alternative yeah so i think um in terms of getting the self-published um I kind of had a bit of an idea about how that would work. So I yep. really didn't know where to start with a handmade book. Yes. Um, okay. And a few years ago, uh, a couple of friends and I went to Belgium and out of that trip, we actually did a very small scene that was a collaboration really between the three of us um, called Basic Fish and Chips or Haddock of Frites. Um, Which I have a copy of somewhere. You do have a copy of that indeed. Um, and so that kind of gave me a bit of a flavor for how it would work and what I would do. Yes. Um, so initially I just did a really kind of dodgy rough draft of it actually in PowerPoint um, because that actually helped me lay out the pages yes. uh, in a way that I could kind of follow the flow. Understand um, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then and then it really came to a choice around who to print with. So um, given everything that was going on at the time with, with lockdown and kind of appreciating other people might be, you know, it's just a difficult period, uh, I reached out to Greg at Kozu. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's, he's someone that I've, I've spoken to quite regularly. He's a, he's a good guy. Yeah. Um, and so I reached out to him and just sort of said, this is what I'd like to do. Could you give me, give me a price? Um, yeah. and I decided to go with someone like Greg rather than one of the, um, sort of online options. Yes. Houses. Yep. Yeah. Which which just because I knew yep. that at the end of that process, there's a person as well, yeah. um, rather than just doing it all through, through the computer. So reached out to Greg, um, he gave me some tips thankfully around the kind of the, the production we talked paper type so again having someone to talk to rather than just relying on website information and, and that kind of yeah. thing was a big help and and, 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 and and talking about the likes of paper types did uh, the the eventual product did they did it resemble what you envisaged or what your your initial thoughts would be on paper types or yeah i think so. i think you know obviously you know, with, with hindsight and sort of looking back, you think, okay, if I was going to do it now, what would I do differently? Yes. Um, you know, I think I'd probably go for a slightly heavier paper now if I was going to do it again. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's that's kind of what you learn through the process, right? Absolutely, so, yes, that's um, it. Yeah, and, 
you know, so so I, I had the layout and, you know, like I said, Greg sort of gave a few tips. Um, I sent through the files and they were able to just put the book together for me. Um, and, and again, that was just a really easy process, you know, communication with Greg and then yeah. onto his, the rest of his team who kind of picked it up as part of Wells Printing rather than Kozu. Yes. Um, so it was, it was just a really good positive experience. And, yeah. you know, um, I was and, pleased um, to work with someone that I, I knew. Well, that's it. And as you say, there's a, there's a person at the end of the phone that you can get advice from and you bet you benefit inevitably from Greg's advice and Greg's experience of producing the books that he does through Kozu and the yeah. landscape editions and, and everything else that, he, that he's done for others as well. So, yeah. And the landscape editions were, were probably one of the kind of main influences around the format to be yes. honest, you know, it's not far off what, what Greg had done with the landscape editions in terms of size and kind of format. Yeah. Um, so again, I knew it was a proven kind of format too. It wasn't anything too risky there. Yeah. Um, because I didn't know if anyone would buy it. So, you know, <laughs> still, there's still an element of, oh, I'm going to put some money into this and hopefully people will buy it. Um, so at yeah. least I can break even and make That's returns. It. And did you do pre-orders before you printed or did you go? No. So I just, I just went, just went for, for it. it. Yeah. I just went for it. Um, which is a typical Darren thing to do is just go for it and then see what happens yeah. um but you know something a bit of a challenge I set myself though to try and kind of elevate and bring in the the element I was talking about the darkroom prints is yes. I yeah. did run a limited darkroom edition which did include a small print which was actually not in the book and it, it was a Holger print yes um and you know that not only gave me a chance to kind of do the printing which is something i really wanted to get into Indeed, but also yeah. you know that the darkroom edition sold out within it was more or less within the first day that the darkroom edition went which was yes. which just was a massive surprise to me um but was you know really kind of satisfying obviously and kind of like oh that's yeah it did my confidence a, a massive Absolute, boost to yeah. get that one sold yeah. um and the first i think it was the first 30 i did a small little darkroom uh, postcard with it as well a little six by four print in the darkroom Yes. Again, just to, to kind of have a little bit more of a personal touch, and people get a few more things with it. So it's you know. absolutely, and I, th I think uh, I think people remember the, the the finer points and the finishing yeah. touches. And um, as you say, it's you enjoy printing, you enjoy working in the dark room. So the ability for you to offer uh, a, a one-off or part of a small edition yeah. of darkroom prints is not something that many many people are in a position to offer. So you, you really are offering something that's just slightly different and from memory, because I do have that edition. It wasn't hugely more expensive than- No, what, no, what, and, that, and you know, I kind of wanted to make it cost. still, yeah. Um, you know, I didn't want to sort of blow people out of the, out the water. cost point of view, yeah. still make it attractive to people. Yeah. Um, and like I said, and you know, and, and then I did a normal print edition, which is just, you know, a sort of gilet print type thing, yes. yeah. uh, which again has, has, has so again, well. just gave a few options and sold well. So um, down to the last couple of copies of the print edition. And I think I'm just down to nine of just the book. So okay. out of my original batch of 60, which, you know, it's not a massive batch, but... Nope. Um, still, it's, it's still it's still a good number I, I think yeah. people I think people would probably be genuinely surprised at how hard it can be to sell yeah to yeah. sell to sell books so to be selling 60 when you think that uh, be very well-known photographers who are maybe only doing four or five times that 
you're not talking yeah. you're not talking huge numbers there's very few people who can sell right. thousands and thousands of the same book or sell multiple books every year and so is the whole process giving you some um, inspiration and ideas to produce further books in the future yeah it has so and um it's a bit of a mix really so i think this you know i've I've just put together my first draft of a concertina book, so a handmade concertina book, Very uh, good. which you gave me some good resource tips about where to look on Shana's yep. website. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, there's an element of me that wants to explore that because I guess in the same way that the darkroom is a, you know, a hands-on and practical process, making a book is the same kind of thing. You know, it gets me away from the computer and you're yes. kind of making stuff with your hands, which um to me is always really appealing yeah, um where that's gonna go yeah. I, I don't know but even if it just ends up being you know just little books for me to kind of put ideas together and and they just sit on my shelf as a as a personal thing then that's absolutely fine yeah. um but i would also still like to do something else again if i think the right project comes along yeah um to do something slightly I, bigger I, I, in the yeah I, th I think the the handmade books even just for your own personal benefit are really quite good because it allows you to look at your work you look at your work in very different ways instead of looking at just individual images you you're you have to think about how a, a sequence and a body of work and it doesn't need to be 50 60 images it could be nine ten images but yeah. the thought process to get nine or ten images to work in a sequence and all sit together coherently yeah and and, and you know and the format and and how you decide to present it has Indeed, far more impact it, yeah. when you're yep. doing it handmade because already you know considering if there's a particular project kind of got sort of on the back boy there is if I did this as a handmade book, how would it look? And it would be very different to if I was just to put them in a standard publication yes. like Ardmaker. Absolutely, yeah, Ardmaker absolutely. Was, so. Yes. Yeah. But no, it's it's I I find uh, making books very therapeutic. Um, it takes yeah. me several evenings to do what uh, professionals will do in very little time. But yeah, there's a there's a there's a satisfaction to actually making it and it looks really very, very good. And you've made the whole process from start to finish and you, yeah. you then sit down and actually begin to appreciate it. And um, I think also when you look at some books, Marianthe, uh, Michaela, Shona, etc., yeah. they become more pieces of art as opposed to just a, a, a photo book as such. Yeah. It's the, the construction element, the thought that goes into how the work is presented in different ways, images being able to slot around into different windows so you're maybe seeing something different in each time. Um, yeah. And I, I think, yeah, some of the work that other people produce is ph phenomenally inspiring as well. So uh, I suppose I know you uh, I know you like to buy the odd photo book as well. Um, yeah. It's, there, it's a dangerous habit. It's a dangerous it's habit. A, yeah, it's a slippery slope. Once you start, that's it on the. It's a downward spiral from there. But are there yeah. other? Do you have particular uh, photographers who works you like to collect or styles? Obviously, I, I know that between the two of us, there are a number of books that uh, we probably both have and similar yeah. styles we both like. But I think at the same time, there's always uh, other photographers out there who appeal to to you even even if it's not necessarily the subject matter that you should i certainly know i buy plenty of uh, books that the the subject matter is not something mm -hmm. i would personally go and shoot but but as a body of work and perhaps with an, a unique construction method or binding method etc and um, they become very different objects entirely 
Yeah, so, I mean, um, wait there one second, because I'm just going to get a couple of books. No problem at all. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just thought I'd share a couple. So, yep. um, I've got a number of Kenner books as of you. Um, of one or two. Actually, um, my favourite at the moment is the birds. Yes. So, what I really like about this is the format, the size. Yes. Um, compared to some of his tombs, like Forms of Japan and France. Um, this I just really like. Yeah, um, it's a really nice format. I love the the cover, the texture, the material used, yeah. and I just think it's produced really well. Um, and like I said, and just having this slightly smaller format than you'd normally get in a Kenner book. I agree. I like that. I like the image size really print like as well inside. Yeah. And I think I think the actual series, uh, the EXB, have produced a number of books similar some of which are very very popular uh, yes and, and, and i really do i really do like them they started printing some second editions of some of the oh, okay. yeah you know, some of the very very popular ones that were previously selling for about 300 pounds wow yeah so so that's that's a good recent new edition that i really like yeah um not necessarily because of the book but actually um it's probably someone that people wouldn't necessarily think I'd be into necessarily. Uh, it's Dan Winters. Ooh, right. So Road to Seeing, which is uh, a massive, this is a, a massive tomb. Ooh. So this is a big old chunk of a book. Yeah. Part autobiography, part portfolio. Yeah. Um, so it's actually really interesting and just a really good book. A uh, large format photographer does a lot of, um, uh, he's known for quite a lot of his celebrity portraits. Okay. Um, and you know sort of um classics that's laura dern yeah so he does a lot of this color large format but what i really like about the book as well is um he talks through the session so there's notes around each of those sessions so if he's done yeah. a portrait um session with people and, and it's just kind of quite a nice insight into a photographer yes uh, especially someone you know i, I uh, admire people that can do portraits i'd love to do more portraits but i just i just it's just not yeah. natural it's, you it's, know, it's, it's one it's, of those things yeah it's it's not my it's not my cup of tea either but i, I like you i can admire a, a good book of yeah. portraiture and actually as you say there it's the background information to that and to each session it adds something a bit different that you don't yeah. inevitably see in all the books sometimes yeah. it's just one page after another it's after good, another and yeah. something for something like that actually because everything's shot very much in sessions it, there, there there is probably more of a tale to be told behind behind different elements as opposed yeah. from one session to another yeah um so that's 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 a good book and i'll often just dip in and have a read or or kind of pick up a few um i think just for um one of my favorites is reverence by uh jeffrey Connolly. yes wonderful so, book. uh it's a beautiful book you know lovely 
really nicely put together. Yeah. Um, and there's really pop presses works always generally are yeah. very very and well nicely put together and very nicely published as well. Really nicely done. Even just the um, the way the titles put yeah. together is bloody lovely. Yeah. Um, and the prints as well seem to be reproduced uh, just standardly because these are you know mostly platinum palladium yes. prints that they've yep. reproduced so not easy to reproduce but they the the kind of luminosity of those prints comes through really well in this book um yeah. i've also got winter as well but i think reverence um tips it for me out of the two yeah um very good very nice books yeah yeah both both very good both very difficult to find these days Yes, I was quite lucky. I think the, thankfully, my lovely wife brought me this for my 40th. And I think it was something like, uh, it was quite late on. So I was a bit lucky, I think. It was 729 out of 750. So uh, <laughs> that was a bit of luck um, to get that. Because that had been on the list for a while. Yeah, I managed to find, I found winter through a very strange source in America, I have to say, that shipped it over to me at face value. I had to pay a bit more for postage, um, but they didn't charge me an extortionate amount wow, for the book. Good. I got 696 of reverence, so I never bought it that much before you. No, no. So, um, so that's that's just, yeah, that's one. Of, and like you said, that's really press do really, really nice. good, yeah. really good job, especially when it comes to reproducing black and white work. They, they seem to have... Um, Got it nailed. Yeah. Um, and just just one more I'll I'll say is um, Susan Bernstein, um, which um, this one's the absence of being, which again if um, if you don't know much about her this is it's all cameras homemade cameras, so okay. modified cameras. Um, so it's all slightly uh, slightly abstractive. Thinks a little bit blurry. Very but nice. Her work is all yep. about dreams. Right. Um, and again it's, well. it's really nice to produce she the, the fir her first book um i can't get hold of anywhere um my friend chris dowell has got a copy which he was given or he won which i was a bit gutted about um <laughs> and it's lovely so her work as well is just again sometimes i'd like to get close to thinking that i could produce some of that especially when working with things like the holger and yes. toy cameras and that um yeah but it all it all provides inspiration and provides ideas and it's I I look a lo I look through a lot of the books even just when I'm researching locations or researching yeah. areas that I maybe want to go and visit and I know a certain I know photographers maybe not shot there but it's it's a similar sort of area or theme and yeah. it's it's interesting just to see um, how they approach it how their their process and approaches it as well um, particularly for um, maybe some black and white or something that's a bit different. Um, and it does, I think, it, it all provides you ideas and inspiration. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of like the, you know, some of the smaller bodies of work like that another place are doing and, and stuff like that, some of their their little field notes books, I think are brilliant. They are um, absolutely fantastic. And it goes back to the landscape edition series, yeah. series as well. But it, as you say, it doesn't need to be big, bold books all the time. It's some of the, some of the work that some people are self-publishing is fantastic. You look at uh, Guy Dickinson, who's got uh, some of his self-published yeah. books are really, really nicely done. Yeah, so I think I've got Tracing Silence, I think was yeah. um, the guy one that I've got. Um, you know, and, and the good thing actually about doing the scene 
because um, I kept a batch aside of Ardna Merkankos that I was going to send around and kind of just send yes. off to people, whether it's, um, you know, magazines or yep. podcasts or whatever, just kind of do it. But I also kept some back for trades. So um, yes. it's actually been great just doing some trades with people that, you know, there was a guy called Mark Phillips who reached out to me uh, and he's done a series of images from his trip to Berlin. You know, it's quite a small zine that we should swap, but just, yep. I'd never repeat that. You know, I'd never have seen it, never come across it. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's lots of people doing lots of little things and actually yeah. again things like the community around swapping zines and just kind of sharing yeah i think great as well yeah i think i think it's built up quite a bit over the last few months with more and more people now bringing zines out and yeah um, i think with there being so many people doing so um, i think it's really opened people's eyes to collecting what other people are doing as opposed to just focusing on on maybe some of the bigger names who yeah are bringing out more and more actually to see what individuals are doing um it's 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 fascinating and you get such a wide variety of work that you otherwise wouldn't come across and uh, it's the challenge at times is actually finding out about some of the work yeah. because quite yeah. often you see something in social media i've got five copies left it's been posted a week ago and they've all gone and you think well it would, uh, yeah. it would be great to have picked up a copy, but you, you you can't pick up everything. Otherwise, you just wouldn't have space in the bookshelves. And no, no. And, and the thing I've noticed, there's a couple of YouTube channels that I follow that that sort of touch on books, but they're quite big names. So, um, if ever Ted Forbes or Matt Day, for example, mention a book, and I like I like the look of that, but the moment they've published that video, you can't get a copy of that book anyway. Yeah. Um, so if once they've mentioned it, it's already too late because you know the thousands of followers and stuff, and then they people just snap them up. Yeah, um, yeah, it gets difficult to buy some of those books once they get mentioned. Well, that's it. There's always sources and there's always places, but sometimes you know keep those to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Although um, the oh no, I'm gonna wait. Ah, oh, this, this is one for everyone can have. The Oxfam, the Oxfam bookshop online. Always very, very good. good. Yes. Yeah, you can. It's amazing what sometimes you can pick up on there. Yeah. Um, always worth a look. Absolutely, I would tend to agree with you. Well, on that note, Darren, I would like to thank you for uh, thank you for your time. It's been a uh, very enjoyable uh, talking to you. Hopefully, I'll have a chance to chat with you at some point in the future when I see your first handmade book up for <laughs> sale. Um, but uh, nope, thank you once again, and uh, cheers. That's all right. Thanks, you, and good luck with everything. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. See you later. Bye.